A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode on the Celtic Now and for our podcast. My name is Ryan Clifford and today we're joined by two guests who are on before in the podcast, Robert Boyle and John Clifford. Robert, John, how are you doing guys? You've done what? Hi, thank you. Well, obviously it's been a turbulent time the last week or so. Um, uh, obviously Dubai and the result against Tabs and everything just came with it. Um, obviously, Robert, treat yourself, your kind of first thoughts and really the, the week it's passed. I'm not even shocked anymore, Ryan, the circus act it's been. Um, we did discuss last week that about the bye was, we didn't agree with it, but we thought, right, if that's what we feel what has to be done, let them go and try and refresh, but... Remember what I said, I said, what happens if we come back with all sorts of COVID cases? And any slim hope we thought of winning the league is now gone. It's completely finished in my eyes. Um, and I would say we've been the biggest fuck-up that we could ever have been. Celtic themselves this season. I think if you put David Murray in charge of Celtic, it couldn't have made as much of a mess as our actual club have done at Celtic right now. We have just been absolutely arrogant um, blinkered. Um, how else will I explain it? Blinkered, arrogant, just a total joke, mate. For the for the summer, for eighteen months now, we have known that the other mob were going to come and try and like they were getting better and better year by year. But I feel we're bored. Just brush them all aside all the time, folks. They'll never be it, and they've no get money. They've no get us, and our own arrogance and neglect and stupidity has cost us ten in a row. Um, cost us getting into Champions League time after time, gambling with players. Um, never signed a centre half, which we've been screaming out for for the whole season. Never signed a winger when we knew Forest was it early in the season. Um, they told us January they were going to build. Um, for next season, we don't even know who's going to be the manager next season or who's going to be Neil Lennon. To me, it's just one big, massive circus act. Um, I'm just, I don't even let it go with now. What to say with it, right? And obviously yourself, John, what's your kind of thoughts on what's been happening recently? Yeah, most Celtic fans thought this was going to be maybe the biggest season in history. If that's the case, and it could also have been Rangers for Rangers to lose the 10 to Celtic. The implications of Celtic winning the league this year, financially for Rangers, would have been catastrophic. 
it would have been worse than what we went through before, I think. Um, it would have totally blitzed him. And the fact that it might have put them down where they were before, because they, 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 needed, they need the money through Europe this season, which they're getting. They're going to get money through winning the league, although it's only a couple of million. I will get them into the Champions League qualifiers next year, more money. No doubt, Rangers win the league this year. Their fans will buy season books. Even if it's no football next season, they'll buy season books to follow their team. Because that's what they do. How many share issues they had and they just keep putting their hand in their pocket all the time. But Celtic's missed a trick this season because it would have put them back in their place again. It would have put them back five years again. But it's not to be. Um, the, league, the league was done a couple of weeks ago after getting beat by Rangers. Um, even though Celtic played well for an hour or whatever. Um, but it's gone. End of. And then obviously the bye game, shall we call it. And the jolly was supposed of not to have happened. Um, obviously, Rob, we spoke about it. But obviously what's been happening... After um, the, re- uh, the repercussions, should I say, after the bye, um, the, the Julian's positive test and players isolating, and then we're kind of still, we're kind of still defending it. Um, but we'll talk about Lobel's statement later. But before the statement today, they were kind of defending it. Every player was kind of defending it. Um, every day with Celtic, former players were really going against them, um, and as kind of spoke about. Andy Walker thought it was spot on, um, saying that obviously he doesn't feel that this is a club he played for, the way we're going about our business now. And for me, Robert, I think he's kind of right. And I think every criticism that we deserve is spot on. Aye, for everybody in the media, even some wankers that we don't agree with most times, I can't disagree with him this time. I think everybody's, you've even got guys like Pat Boner now coming out and slating the club. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be honest, Ryan. Ah, chartered flight just from Celtic, 30 40 members of staff. A guy who's out for four months managed to go on this trip, which is meant to be the winter training camp to get players in peak condition for the to go the rest of the season. To me, that wasn't what that was. To me, the photos are learning, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be sitting at a pool having a beer, right? They're on title to that. Um, on your holidays and stuff like that. But they're not meant to be there on holiday. They're not meant to be there in a pandemic. To me, and the way Scott Brown comes out the paper still defends it. Peter Lowell defended it up until the statement today. Celtic Football Club defended it. They must have spent at least half a million pounds on that trip in the mm. middle of a pandemic when we've already been revamped with COVID, when the people can't go and visit their grannies around the corner, can't go and visit their mums and dads, can't go and see their grands in care homes. People are losing their jobs through this and they've went to a job five days in Dubai. So half a million pounds, just say for instance, that's roughly I would estimate it. Um, come back, we've had 13 players um, revamped with COVID, can't play a team, had to put a reserve team out against Hibs. Hibs didn't even want to play the game because they were scared in case any other players get COVID. It's just to me, it's just absolutely atrocious mismanagement. Lennon's got to take a lot of the blame, so like PR's got to take a lot of the blame, Lawwell. But you know what? They're that arrogant, they're not taking the blame. Mm-hmm. And that apology of the day, we, to me, was just, it was garbage. We should have been apologising 
for the state he's left Celtic in, that we're no in the Champions League, we're no in the Europa League, we're no in the League Cup, and we're out of the league. And it's the, I think that all happened on the 11th of January. So realistically, we should all get a refund in our season books because they say that season books to last a season. The season book's gone. We've yeah. no, we've no been given what we're paid for. At the football club, I think it's absolutely atrocious that they've blew £25 million pound of people's money and gone touch to buy and players that are absolute bang average that they've brought in. There's nobody that's come in really improved this uh, in the summer, as far as I could see. Because obviously you were talking about £25 million, right? As you say, <laughs> realistically, right? Um, that's a £25 million pound donation to Celtic because fans can't go to the game and they're, they're buying... Season books, they're buying strips, they're buying virtual programs, they're buying fucking virtual one-fall raffle tickets. So realistically, you might be talking twenty-seven million, twenty million pound on, including your, your strips and all that, and training gear. And for me, that's a donation, really. It's really, it's really, it's really a donation, um, and it's a total. You're no one too angry because you're trying to talk right, but it's very hard to. To know get angry. Um, and obviously yourself, John, uh, which can uh, your thoughts on the Dubai gate? Yeah, uh, I think you should have covered Dubai. Um, put to, just to put it short, it shouldn't have went, end of. The only team in Europe to go for a winter training camp. <laughs> Fucking shambles. Um, you spoke about it before we went, Ryan, as well, what the dangers of COVID is is high in the agenda for everybody. I just don't understand how the Wisney Mayor, people in the Celtic bubble, have have had to self-isolate. Regarding Julian, if Julian was going for rehabilitation, should I say, then the physios, it's hands-on work. Is it, is the physios been isolating? Has anybody thought of that? No, that's true. He's not been doing fucking doing his own physio work, has he? He's had people working with him, allegedly, but I smell shite. <laughs> um, <laughs> regarding what uh, paying season book money and whatever, knowing you're not going to go it again, Celtic's supposed to have brought all sorts of records with a new Adidas merchandise as well, Ryan. You're not talking to a £3 million. I think about a lot more than that. Because that's... Because at pre-season, obviously we've signed... We've got guys in and it did look a decent window and you're thinking, right, spent a bit of money, kick on, but... And then you're talking about the training gear, the season books. Or we've signed this record-breaking deal for Celtic, Adidas, or... And it says on the... The... Advertising, that they're no for second best and all that, and then we're... It's just been a shit show for the beginning. For the start of the season, you're thinking, right, spent a bit of money. Adidas gear, brilliant. Season books are flying in. We're looking good. And it's just been a total shit show. Um, and as you says about Julian, why do you even go? See, like, I've been, inj- I've been injured in the past. I've been out for a long, long piece of time playing football. I didn't go to training. Even if it was official, I didn't go to training because there's no need for me to go to training. Why? That's the same as I know. It's different going to Dubai because you're going there for a reason. 
supposedly they're going for a reason. Um, so why is, but he's, he's not going to be playing maybe the rest of the season. So why is he there? See the gap in Julian. He's supposed to, it's a knee injury, isn't it? I don't mm. know the extent of the damage. See, it's ligament damage. He's obviously going for a bit of swelling. The worst thing, anybody that's medically minded will tell you, the worst thing you can do is go on a fucking aeroplane. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you can do. No, that's right, man. That joint. Mm. So that's right, man. Smell shit, definitely. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, buddy's the same. It's very. I don't understand it myself. Um, as you say, a guy who see, to be fair, I don't think anybody knows the full extent of his injury. We just, we just know it's a knee injury. There's no community says it's an ACL or a PCL or a or cartilage. There's no told us nothing, unless I've missed it. But I've no. Actually, seen the extended injury. So, even then, man, knee injuries, any injury, you don't go away in a week to Dubai when you should be here and getting your rehab here. No, no need to go to Dubai when you've got a, a supposedly state of the art training ground and rehabilitation centre in it. There's no need to go anywhere else for your rehab. You, that's that's what Lennox Town's for. Peter Lawwell said it's a world class training facility. So, what's the £8 million pound at Lennox Town then? What is that? I know. I know. And see if they're going to go to a winter training camp, go to Siberia or something, freezing cold. Why didn't mm-hmm. they go to Dubai in the sunshine? And they can do a rocky workout there in fucking Siberia. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, was, just, I don't know if it was, sorry Robert, it was Lennon or Lowell who was saying they were going for performance reasons to try and get them performing better. See the engine out that? How could they not just done it here? Why do you need fucking 20 odd degrees to do that? For exactly. what they're going to work on? It's could have done everything they've done over there, here, end of. And it's all this crap, they have no bonding session. They team, anybody that's went into any team in the world, football mean. haven't they got time to bond? It's, 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 it's not just Celtic. He keeps telling you Celtic's the worst affected. Celtic's affected by it the same as any other team worldwide. Mm-hmm. And any signings that come in don't get to bond with their players because that's just the way it is worldwide. But he doesn't try to make excuses of the pandemic how we've been the worst affected by it. To me, no, it is. They've made all the mistakes and they're trying to blame a pandemic on it. They should have sacked mm-hmm. the manager months ago. They never done it. They've, their signings were atrocious because the number one targets they went for didn't want to sign or they couldn't afford them. So they went for number twos and number threes. It's no worked. It's just totally been for the very start. Everything's just been gambled on the first thing, the first player that's coming in. Oh, it's not happening. Oh, we're going to scramble, get a goalkeeper. And because Foster's not appeared, Tony, we can't get him in. Or oh, we're going to scramble, try and get a Yeti in. A guy who knocked his back and went forward for two weeks and then decides to sign. And I think he's still on holiday because I've not seen him doing it. He's never fit. Well, the, with our performance levels, under Rogers to Lennon, I would say he's dropped fitness wise about 30%. It's ridiculous. It's just totally neglected it him how the standards would set you know. See, obviously, you're talking about obviously the fitness and the training has been doing. How Ronnie Dyer said the same when he came in after Lennon. He says the training yeah. wasn't up to standard, the fitness wasn't so if that, and that, that guy doesn't really know any Lennon, he doesn't really know Celtic, and he's come in and thought. I need to change us. I think that's why he came in 
and overhauled the full thing. And I, that's why I think players didn't like it because they didn't get what they wanted. It was a, a strict regime diet. If it didn't work for them, it didn't work for them. But you've got to follow what the manager tells you. You've got to respect the manager. And I, I generally don't think... The play, see, see the fact that players keep coming out saying we respect the manager and we're, we're, we're playing for the manager. That tells me you're not playing for the manager because if you have to come out and justify everything you're doing, for me, that, as my dad says, it just it smells shite. Um, <laughs> John's right about in my opinion. I think it's, it does smell a bit like shite. Um, Lowell's just, for me, as you say, he's backtracking. Using the pandemic is a mistake. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. is for the mistakes. Um, and we all know, listen, we all know that <laughs> fans are not daft. Um, you can you can put the will with the fans for so long, but for me, uh, John, I think you're, everything you've said spot on because, and as Robert says about the board, it's just it's ridiculous now. Taking the fans for granted now. Um, the fans spend an absolute fortune going to support their team and paying for trips and merchandise, whatever. It's, it's, it's the fans club they're only fucking looking after it for them and the positions they're in the fans should have I say people's been saying for years don't know what you think Robert it should be like somebody for the fans on the board or somebody that's involved in some capacity because if there was somebody in that capacity they'd be scheming for the rooftops after the Ferns Farros game there's uh, Celtic Trust John who's trying to get everybody's old shares um, and they're trying to turn that in so they've got so many shares that they then get a voice on the board. Um, that's the only one I know that's now pushing forward to try and get a voice on and they're trying to raise something like £5 million a year to push on and then within five years we'll have £30 million which they can turn into £30 million worth of shares. Um, but I think as they grow bigger there'll be more people involved in it, it'll get bigger and bigger, and then we will have a voice on the board, because I feel like the communication for Celtic board and the fans is drafted out at sea, it's miles long, it's like there's no communication, um, they just, like, obviously, everything that happened during Celtic Park, the fans can do in protesting and stuff, um, all they had today was come out and make statements and explain to us what's happening, they told us January was going to be a key month. I've no seen us signing anybody yet or even linked to anybody. Um, and to me, you need to act now um, coming up for qualifiers next year because every year we get caught short and we'll try to sign players into the third qualifying. It doesn't come in fit. It's just everything. We've no learning for our past mistakes and everything we're doing, in my opinion. Back in the 90s, you the Celts for Change movement. There are a couple of wee smaller movements kind of forced their hand. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but the discontent is certainly growing anyway, isn't it? Aye, 100%. I would like to see what does McDermott saying in this whole stuff because I don't know, he's too busy on a golf field or sitting in his millionaire's pad. To me, I would, I'd rather get him out I know he's a big money backer and he's a one with the money, but I'd rather have somebody that was there week in, week out and taking today with Celtic. Um, to me, he's no interest. He's only there taking a wage or whatever he's doing because everybody says he does this and does that. For me, he's, he's no really a Celtic supporter, a lot of sales. 
who cares as much as we do. All right, he's got the money in that sense, but there's other guys out there that's got money to match him that cares more about Celtic that I'd rather have in charges. You, you want See, somebody more hands-on? More hands-on, John. More dealing with it. Um, and Peter Lawwell's got too much running the club and too much people on his puppet strings, in my opinion. You see, obviously you were talking about uh, Desmond there, and I can agree with Andy Walker um, for the post-match for their night against Hibs, which we're going to after talking about the board. Um, he was saying Dermot De- Desmond, he's got to come out. He's got to come out and explain to the fans. And it's probably one of the only times I've actually sat up and listened to Andy Walker, because not uh, fans of Andy Walker, nobody fans are like Soup Taker or that carry on, but he actually spoke sense. And I could see him talking. He was getting a bit angry. Um, so again... We might give Andy Walker some criticism maybe that he should have get because maybe the guy does care and maybe he's just doing his job. But he, for me, when he was on Sky the other day, he did look, he was getting a bit angry. Um, he was talking about how Desmond's got to, got to come out and face this, tell the fans what's happening because let's be honest, see, unless you're actually in the Nova Celtic, Nenio's know nothing. They've not told us nothing. Absolutely jack shit. Um, the buyers, aye, it was, it was brilliant, aye, it was fine. But there's a big difference between gone last year and the year before than during a time like this. As you says, I can't go down and see my nana. I can't go and do this. I can't go see my pals. You can't go see this and that. My dad can't go to football, but they can fly to Dubai. It's no, it's no, it's morally wrong. Um, I understand that the government have says, ah, you can go, but what the fuck? It's usual, usual common sense. And that's where I think Desmond has got to step up to the plate. Um, I know there's one or two other shareholders involved, but he's one of the major shareholders. He's got to stop having Lowell for me as his puppet, and he's got to come out and step out and actually explain to the fans and the guys who are involved with Selic, this is what's happening. Because for me, as you say, this this should have been 10. I don't care what anybody says. We've got the batting, we've we've got the money, we should be gone for 10. For me, 10 should have been gone and done. Um, we've been shouting for, for 10 in a row for 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Brilliant. We've got to that stage and the board and he's talking about his, his statement when he was talking about maximising potential. Maximising potential was getting to 10 and you've, for me, Peter, you've, <laughs> you've, you've totally done something the fans will never, never forgive you on, in my opinion. They talk about being an elite club, right? Ryan, it bangs on about this all the time. We're a Champions League club. We're a Champions League club. A Champions League club makes a Champions League every year or every couple of years. When was the last time we won the Champions League? 2017? Uh, Rodgers won it. Aye. And before him, it was a few years before that because we made it two years in a row under Rodgers. Mm -hmm. And then it was under Stratton. So we're not a Champions League club they want to pretend as a Champions League club, but everything they do behind the scenes isn't a Champions League level, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Everything. For him, for Desmond, for the management. Right away, the manager needs to be Champions League elite and you're Brendan Rodgers elite type of guy. Mm-hmm. Neil Lennon, everybody agreed he was good for three months, but he should never have took the job on. And he's arrogant and all thinking he could have went and done it. And arrogant again when he was on a pure bad run. I know gone, I hold my hands up. I'm sorry, I took the club as far as I go and people did respect him. Now people are starting to dislike him day mm-hmm. to day and it's blown by the day. And the players' performances under Rodgers to under him 
Drat, drat, drat. All that is under his watch, all under Peter Lawwell's watch, all under Dermot Desmond's watch. And if they don't dramatically do something in the next month or two to get a new manager in and get things in place, they'll no sell 55,000 season books. I can assure you that. That's when they'll start begging and pleasing you. We let us come out. We're really sorry. I think you should be apologising for the state we're in. No one Champions League, no one Europa League, no one the League Cup. Winning the Scottish Cup just with a championship team and penalties after extra time, scraping by and out of the league. We've got a Scottish Cup to look forward to and we're in the, this was for 11th of January. People have paid six, £700. People have paid thousands of pounds for sitting in heated seats. For what? You can't turn around and tell me that's been a season they've gave. They've, gave, they've not even gave six months. Mm-hmm. They've, they've gave us the odd couple of game in six months. It's a disgrace, in my opinion, a total disgrace. And the players have got to take as much blame as the management and as much as the board members because the full lot of them have just took it for fucking granted that they were just going to turn up and win this league. That's my opinion on that. See, you go back to uh, Dubai a wee minute, to go back onto that. I think it was the 12th of November or something, Celtic applied to the league and whatever to go. And they get the OK. The 12th of November might have been OK. Different circumstances then. But surely if they're liaison with uh, the SFL or the SFA, whoever it is, surely the people at Celtic were the only should have fucking demanded that Celtic didn't go. I think there's got to be responsibility not just on Celtic, for the people that's in charge of Celtic, as in SPFL, mm-hmm. SFA, whoever, surely they've got to look at the big picture as well and say, look, are you, are you really sure you want to do this? Nobody's, I don't think I've heard anybody else talking about that. Surely, I'm not saying Celtic's fucking, as far as I'm concerned, it's all their fault, but if they're liaison with other parties, surely they should have a communication to say, this shouldn't happen. It's morally wrong, as Ryan says. We know it's all wrong. But it's done now and you need to live with it. I get what you mean in that sense, John. I do get you on that. Um, but deep down, Celtic have the last choice in the matter. They could probably buy Celtic on say, oh no, it's but then Celtic went, I will, we think this will be ideal and the buy's not really bad with COVID and stuff in there, but at the same time, everybody that was gone in holiday, it was the only place they could go was Dubai, so it was always going to happen in my opinion. Also, I'd say to Ryan as well, Celtic might have had uh, contractual reasons for going as dealt with, maybe with Adidas or whatever, but surely that actually get dealt with, considering the, the global pandemic right enough. They, should, they, might have, they might have had a contract, they had to go I'm sure that could get dealt with definitely. As you say, any other club had to deal with it. Had to do it. Exactly, mate. So I say, and obviously we were talking about transfers. Um, with Benkovic, rumoured to talks, and then he's went to Belgium. He spoke about the ambition in the Belgium club, and for me, that's just a big pie in the face to us. And that's him basically saying <laughs> to basically us. To the fans, you knows what's happening. That's why I'm no. That's why I'm leaving. Going into talk to you. What's the name of the team he's away? Leverkusen. 
there you go. Is that no fucking embarrassing? Celt- as you said, Robert, Celtic find they're an elite club. You've got a mid-table Belgian team stealing a player that you fancy. And Genk took fucking Mark McKenzie, who we were meant to fancy as well. Mm-hmm. It's right. just... I don't think... If you want a player, really, really want a player, you go and get the player. But Celtic humming horn, humming horn. They've, done, they've been doing it for years. I mean, I, I know a boy per, who knows personally knows James McCarthy. And when he was with Hamilton, Peter Lawwell went and met him um, and says to him, oh, big Celtic supporter, we really like you, we want to sign you. But you're on your contact and with Hamilton and then we'll sign you. Why would you say that to a boy who you think is really talented, who's a bike spark coming out of Scottish football? Run your contact in, and that's why you ended up going elsewhere because Hamilton sell them. That's that's not just one occasion that's happened. This is what the Celtic play on this card. Um, if you're a Celtic supporter, you'll just do as they say because you want to play for Celtic. But in modern football, people are going like, nah, why should I? They want to go and play and make more money, and which is probably John McGinn doing ask them for. It's something we've done for years. Um... It's, it's for me. It's go. It's got to stop this penny pinching. Um, it's just. I think obviously, my dad's obviously in the silver through nineties, and that's what it was like. Yeah, penny pinching, free transfers, shitty loan deals, and and as Wait, you're talking about, I and as you says, we've got to try and. It's a big month to prepare, and then we get to the halves game. And you're thinking right, they're a bit of a depleted team, but you go one nil up, free kick, brilliant. Just hold on. Again, silly free kick. Laxalt, defending goalkeeper. No good enough for me. Okay, remember what he says, young boy. Fucking David De Gea, 20-year-old. Man U, debut, brilliant. Still a goal there. So, age doesn't matter. Carter, for me, is no good enough. Duffy, McGregor, I can't even tell if was on the line. Danny clear it. Shambles. Can't kind of see games out. Game management with the club, the players... Everything in the game management for me this season has been an absolute disgrace. She's regarding ah, yeah. the... Uh, on you go, Robert. On you go. Sorry, John. Sorry, on you go, John. Sorry. Regarding the goal, sitting watching it with Ryan and the, the guys, McGinn's come up to lax out and I'm like, don't tackle him. Don't tackle him because you know what's going to happen. Sure enough, he fills him. Very good ball into the ball. It's good delivery. I think it was actually McGinn that won it. Do you know he had to stoop down to heed of that? Mm-hmm. He didn't have to win it. He actually he was physically entangled with Turnbull, who wasn't strong enough. He actually stooped down to heed it. And then Duffy's panic. Goalkeepers come out there, he's Superman impersonation. Just it's what you expect in winter. I'd have to get that free kick. We don't deal with two spots. Honey. There's no communication in the back line and the goalkeeper. It's just, everybody just madly gone for what they can go for. Like the goalie, Duffy, it's just, rather than Duffy saying, I'll go for it, I'll attack it, you stay in your line to the keeper and the keeper does Because the keeper's thinking, he's not getting it, Duffy's saying, I'm, he's not going for it. The two of them are in the middle, the two of them are banging into each other to try and get the ball. It fucking makes an absolute shambles here. And it falls to be in Isbitt and he just tucks it away. But, I feel Ryan, you're a wee bit harsh on the young boy goalkeeper. Um, he's no great at cross balls and stuff like that, but he's probably done all right for him. And 
he's been fault at three close balls, but I think he's no bad shortstop. But I think the boy's very young and a goalkeeper's age. Um, he is only 22. I think the boy lacks experience. Um, the best thing for the boy would be to go out and loan to a club and play week in, week out. And I or not, he's faults in that sense. Um, just on my opinion that way. Because um, I didn't think the boy had a bad game other than that. I thought he was good mm-hmm. shortstopping. He actually is vocal in the box, which I like about him as a young goalkeeper. Um, and on David De Gea, the man you fans will tell you David De Gea is not our number one, mate. He makes mistakes week in, week out at Man U, and he cost the best part of a lot of 50 million. Unfortunately, goalkeepers make mistakes now, but they get criticised more than anything. And the boy at Chelsea, Pet, um, Kepa, Kepa, he was 72 million, 72 mm. million pounds. And Chelsea fans will tell you the mistakes he makes. Goalkeepers and defenders, in my opinion, aren't as good as it used to be in the 80s and the 90s and 2000s, where you used to have great goalkeepers through everywhere, great defenders out everywhere. Now you can't really get a good defender or a good goalkeeper. They're one every million, probably now. Uh, aye, definitely, mate. Um, last few bits of running out of time on the old Zoom here. Um, this is your last kind of your last kind of thoughts on what's been happening and obviously the future, Robert. The future? <laughs> um, something needs to happen dramatic, in my opinion, within the next three, four weeks. Um, there's got to be something in place um, for management side yet, player side yet, recruitment. I think it needs stripped back there needs to be looked at um, and it needs to happen sooner rather than later because the season book renewals are up very soon and I can't see many people willing to say we're in a pandemic again, want to put their hand in their pocket again because a lot of people can't afford to these days. Maybe they're not getting overtime they used to get. Maybe their own furlough. You can't tell me people that's got families are going to go and fire five, six, seven hundred. Maybe all families are twelve, thirteen hundred pounds. I'm going to go and give Celtic that after watching that that season because it was it's just no nowhere near good enough for this elite football club that they keep telling us that we are. And obviously yourself, John? I actually think it's going to get worse as the season gets on. I think we've drawn five and lost two league games. Losing two league games halfway through was probably acceptable. Just the standard of performances and the attitude and commitment to the players, it looks like. And uh, can I talk about Lennon for a wee second? Aye. See him last week shoving that snus up, he's got a bit of the side of the park. That's how embarrassing is that? Where's the professionalism? No. Fuck me, t- you don't want to have back again. Brendan Rodgers is a Michael at the side of the park with a suit and all that. And this wee cunt fucking throwing tobacco in, he's got with fucking gloves on. Mankey looking like a tramp. Embarrassing, mate. So it was. I agree with you, John. I agree with you. Sorry, great call. I need to call it, lads. The old zooms up. So, yeah. Uh, but thanks for your time, lads. Uh, I appreciate everything you've you've says. Um, we've got a special guest coming up soon. Uh, we'll iron that out, and we'll get back to you soon. But thanks for your time, lads. In the Celtic now and for our podcast. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two. On this episode on the Celtic Now and for our podcast, it's myself, John and Robert again. Um, had to obviously cut short there because the old Zoom packed it in. Uh, we're back on. Um, we were talking about Neil Lennon, obviously, John. 
Um, obviously about him being a bit embarrassing with uh, the snooze up he's doing stuff. Um, and I agree with you when it comes to that. Um, it's no, it's no, that's no a detriment on his ability as a manager, but it just doesn't look good when, as Robert says, you're back to be a Champions League club or a league manager. You've got a guy going like that. Starting, it doesn't look very good um, and I think we've got to do better when it comes to that I think if he's going to do it fucking do it half time don't do it in the park when it's in front of the cameras because you know yourself we had happened with Oakleflex in the Hibs game he had, a, had an AirPod in and that was due to the man the staff gave him an AirPod but some, some, some fans see that and go is that cunt listening to music and it totally it flares things up um, I don't remember that John but I agree with you when you're winning Nah, I think everybody knows it's the manager that's giving him a few words of encouragement, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, go out and try and save my job, son. But I think it's about wait for that. And see, fair play to Oakleflex. Harper, Nicky Johnson, still young, out a long time injured. They boys kind of get through under the bus as well. Not going to criticise the boys for performance whatsoever. Very hard circumstances. Uh, it's, it's, it's very hard to criticise him, I know that for me, it did look a bit, I don't want to say out of place, but you, you see how maybe maybe we see the young guys deserve a chance, but you maybe see how high that jump actually is, maybe, in terms of physicality and fitness. See, this is where I would say, again, it's no structured. Mm-hmm. Because... Every elite club, they've got a structure of our tactics of where that goes from top to bottom. Like, your Barcelona's tactic is a 4-3-3, keep ball, move it quick, for their top team to their youth team, and that's how their transition is. If one of them are going to break into the team, then it becomes natural for them to come into the team because it's natural to them because they've been playing that way all the way, and that's how the Barcelona way of playing is, the Ajax way of playing is, is keep ball, and the guys that come through a youth system, to me, we've changed our tactics and our formation about 60 times a season. <laughs> Honestly, it gets changed twice, three times a game, because we don't know what we're doing. So how you try to bring young boys into that and say to them, the system we play is this, or the system we play is that, because they'll be playing a completely different system at youth level. I'm not saying that's how they can make the, the grade, but if, say, Oxley Fix plays on the right or plays on the left, a 4 2 3 1 in the youth system, and then get into a 4 1 2 1 2, which they have been playing recently, Diamond, Kate, I think, these boys don't know where they're playing and what they're doing because to me, there was no guidance, no. We didn't have a striker on the park. We played a false nine mm-hmm. against because we didn't have any strikers available. We obviously didn't have any strikers for youth level available. It's just one big massive fuck up that's just we've only ourselves to blame for. Um, we didn't even have a manager on the touchline. To me, obviously that's through our own stupidity. All right, we could have caught COVID here, but it wouldn't have been as 13, 14 players out and management through it mm-hmm. if it was here so that can contain and moved it the road Julian wouldn't have been they reckon it was all come through the flight um, that's how they managed to self-isolate through people on the flight 
um, who was sitting with within a close proximity a Julian and you knew right away when Julian got it you knew who's Julian's pals at Celtic the French boys mm-hmm. so it wasn't going to be Oakley Flex it wasn't going to be um, any young youth players it was always going to be his pals who's kind of been doing about him in a close proximity which I don't know why Julian had to even be in Dubai I just to me it just doesn't make sense in any, any way possible he should be back in Lennox Town as your dad said, um, we are physio working on it and seeing the extent to it and where they can go to get back quicker and fitter. Well, just physio is going to players' houses now. I know, Robert. They work in their houses. Can they not? It just baffles me, John, that we're, we've made the absolute mess that we're in. And I just feel the youth system, the scouting system, the management, the... PLC, the board, it's just all people going in the same direction. There's no a structure in place um, long term where we can say, right, this is where it's all gone. To me, it's all people are going in one direction, in different direction, in short term. Um, and players, it's probably not want to be there now as well. It's just one big, massive rebuilding job needing done to tap the boat, in my opinion. I seen you're talking about a structure, but Barca play a four three three. Rangers play a four three three. Liverpool four three three. You're saying? Right see, the, see the Rangers back. See the Rangers back four. They played. They played that position the whole season. They're not getting moved about. Celtic are moving their players about every week. Christie's played everywhere. Ayers played everywhere. Champs played everywhere in the middle of the park. It's crazy. Um, you're talking about Barca, the structure is the 4 3 3, whatever, and you know how to play that position. You've spoken about the Ajax model. Ajax, yeah. you play every different position. You don't play in goals or whatever. You play the 10 outfield positions. You get a week at right back, a week at left back, a week up front. So they're good enough to fill in anywhere in the park. That, that's what you're looking for, something like that, isn't it, Robert? Aye. Exactly, John. See, see, see for example, that daily blend. The boy went to Man United. It didn't mm. work out from that well. That boy played about five or six different positions with Man U as well. Because he could, mm. he might not be the best, but he could because he's that used to it, playing in Holland. And that's what they do. You've got to be comfortable to play in that position. You could be left back one week with Ajax, centre forward the next, and you've got to be able to do it, or you're no beater. And you, I, I say with teams like that, it's not often they change their management. It's not often they change their scouts because if it's working for them, they keep it in place and it lasts for a long time. Whereas we're changing every two or three years. It's, it needs to be a long-term plan, no short-term. Mm. Everything's short-term at Celtic now. And I just feel that's where we're going wrong as a club. That's what I, I would take two or three years of hurt easily to have long-term success. And when I say long-term success, I don't mean domestically, because you're, you're, you're always going to win something here, aren't you? I'd like to think so. It's Europe you want to progress. It's not domestically. Domestically, it's not, it's not too bad. It's in the European arena now. We're, we're struggling big time. See, like, just, just for instance, John, like, uh, you produce a guy like Kieran Tierney at £26 million and 
it's a great bit of business for the club and I, I get maybe the first team needs a, a bit of money invested in it. Why no use that? And it's a model as in saying, right, five million of that is going to get into the academy um, to produce more scouts and stuff like that and keep rebuilding on that side of it to maybe produce an RKM tier in the four years down the line. And then it's, it's the five million pounds being invested wisely rather than going and buying a get ball and go at three million pounds and twenty grand a week, then going and spend two million pounds on Greg Taylor, then going and spend and say two million pounds in a loan fee for Laxalt, which I've spent ten million of that, and it's no what. I'm not saying it'll be a left back, it could be a right back, it could be a right centre half, it could be a right mid. But the structure of the youth system is at two million pounds a year. That's what they'll expend on it. But I don't think the scouting system is very good to get players in at a young age and develop them the, the way Ajax did, the way RB Leipzig did, the way Bayern Munich did, the way Man City did. I'm not saying we can compete with them, but we've got to look at that and try and get players in at a younger level and try and get develop them and holding on to them because we've lost two of our best talent to Bayern Munich recently and one to Man City. And that's just all down to the structure and the club just not being right for these young boys to develop and seeing their path to the first team, in my opinion. See, we are talking about, obviously, young boys have went to Bayern Munich and City stuff, right? See if their youth system can scout them go, they're good. How can they not progress with us? Is it, is it because Scottish football is, is it physicality? I don't know what it is, because... That's what we've spoken about before. I know that maybe Dortmund's youth team are better now, right? Maybe the players are better. But if you post at 16, make their debut, no longer at a place. And we think guys at 19, 20, 21 can win and they look totally out of place. It's a, it's, I don't want to say totally out of place, but they don't, as you they're no customised to the way we're playing. They look, you take some games to get up to speed. Like you can tell right away that Harper and Oakle Flex and even test out Mickey Johnson, that are no fully developed into the first team. Because I've said my dad, I know Mickey Johnson's young, but I don't think the guys, I don't think the boys good enough to step in and play weekend week for us yet. He might do in the future. But I don't, I don't think I'm maybe too harsh. Maybe I expect too much. Um, but I know he's been back for a long injury. He's got to take a long way from McFat again. But even when he was playing, I, I, don't, I don't see the big thing on him. I don't know if I should be being critical, Robert. Um, but I don't think he's good enough for, for me, say, for talks say, it's James Forrest and it is Aaron Ushie, right? Aaron Ushie's out injured, right? Mikey Johnson, get, can, I, can I really rely on him to come in and do well? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's why I think we need to look at, as you says, put that money into the development side. And if it is a guy at 16 who like Dunbarry, right? We, we don't know about the ins and outs about Dunbarry, right? But... At 15, 16 year old, he was classes the next big, the, the biggest, best thing came out of Parkhead, right? So see all the money in the youth. They haven't you can't get to get that boy up to speed at that level. If it is, we've got to play many youth in the in the first team or reserves all the time in there to build them up because that's what all these guys are dropping do. Look at um Sancho, Dortmund signed Sancho fun a few months he was in the first team and then look at him now, he's worth a hundred million. So yeah, you've got to I think we've got to look at I agree with, I think, it was Anthony Joseph, I think, the guy of Sky. I seen him on Twitter, he was tweeting our day or yesterday. And I told Ardema, I think we've got to change our full model now. Um, it's working for us, but for me, it's not working now. See all this signing guys and then selling for two or three years down the line. 
I think we've got to totally change the full name of this CEO. Um, I think we've got to catch up for me. I don't know what you think, John, but I think we've got to catch up for me to modernise football. They all go with Merlin, a head coach, manager, and then you've got a sport. So you've always got somebody to go to. For me, I just think it's between Lowell and Lenigo. I will sign him, we'll sign him. Because I think we need somebody that deals with the full of the football side. Because see, I think it was last week, a few weeks ago, Lenny's press conference, and he got asked, do you sign the players? No, it's a collective, but I get the final say. That's you saying you've not got the final say. Just say, I have got the final say. Because we, you know, we, we know he's not, because some of the players be signed. Fucking, was it um, Marion Shed with Rodgers? I've never seen him play before. Are you joking? You, you can't go, go to spend a million, two million pounds or something you don't fucking know. That's that's unforgivable. That's You're paying money into scouts and guys like uh, Congerton, when he was here, to go out and... That's your job to go to scout, guys. Like it is Lowell's, Lowell's job to go out and get a better manager for the club, which is an idea for Lennon and give him the shivers. I think the full system is going to change. Um... We've got to just say to Desmond, if it is Lowell, listen, thanks for your efforts. You've maybe done it in this year, but see you later. A brand new idea. Um, so I think, John, you're kind of by going a total big idea, total fresh ideas for the club. Uh, first, regarding players' development, Celtic seems are one of the best at developing their younger players. It's that step between maybe 16 to 19, say, just before they hit the first team, that's a stumbling block. All the youth levels and all that, they win all the cups abroad and whatever, and they do well. Even playing against Bayern, Barcelona, whatever, they can compete with them up to under 16s, whatever. And then, it's they just, they're no there. The oh, development abroad between ages of maybe 16 and 19 seems to be far better. Don't know why, because maybe they're outside more. The weather's a bit, but the weather in fucking Germany's not very great, it's about the same as here, but they're outside a lot more in Barcelona, they can get outside a lot more training, get more touches of boy outside, whatever. I think they're just, that wee bit of development, if we had that wee bit more success, I think we'd have more homebred players coming through, because it seems to have stalled a wee bit, didn't it? See you on that side of things, John. Sorry if I just that you're on this case, just nip in here, mate. See what I feel with youth football is in Scotland. They took away the reserve league, right? And the reserve league was brilliant and the fact is that you had players coming back to injury, seasoned pros that youth players could play against and find out the rough and tumble things. I know we can't bring players out now and send them out to junior teams that used to do back in the day and it toughened guys up, it made them better players. But I like the full fact that the structure is what they were going to do was the, they were going to put the youth teams into the lower leagues in Scotland and into the cup competitions because it gives these young players a idea of what a season pro is doing in League 2 and in the wee cup competitions like the Iron Brew Cup, which is a great idea, but I just don't think that's enough for them. I think that's where our youth players are no getting developed enough is because they're no playing they're only playing guys their age. They're no playing against right. 32, 33 who will maybe give them a kick, maybe talk them through games. I think that's where we lack in that side of it and I think Scottish football as a whole 
needs to do better. And I think, obviously, when the pandemic's over and stuff like that, say, like, a wee team like Clyde, and if they're playing over just at Broadwood, um, you would go up on a Tuesday night if Celtic under 21s were playing there, and you went, mm-hmm. Tuesday night, no day night, I'll nip up there and have a look. They'll get more revenue to it, it'll help those smaller teams in Scotland, and it'll help develop younger players in Scotland and become more men, because I think now it's too mollycuddled in this society. And as you say, going for being an 18-year-old and a great prospect to them playing against seasoned pros and men at 30 years of age, it's a massive jump. You're no playing against guys your own age, weight and size. You're then playing against a guy who could be six foot four and 14 stone a muscle. It is too much of a jump. And I feel in Scottish football, we need to develop the Colt teams more and put them in the war leagues in Scotland because I think it's a win-win situation all in, in my own opinion. I see on that, Robert, you were saying, obviously, get back to reserve team for football and stuff. Obviously, I watch Open Goal with Simon Ferry and Simon Ferry, in his interviews, he always talks about how the youth football they played was the best time in my life. And when they played against reserves, they were playing with the first team players who were coming back from injury. They were playing against guys like Gavin Ray and all that who were in the Rangers uh, reserves. And you, you get kicked. And if you give the ball away, you were, you were right on you. The first team players are on you. And he says, that experience was brilliant because you were, you were playing, as you say, with older guys. You were getting... Talk through the game, you were learning. No, just because that's honest, we've all played football. You can only learn so much for training. But if you're playing games week in week out with the first teamers, you're going to get experience and guys knowing you about. I think maybe even even if it means sending them to junior, junior level for fucking a few weeks to get ruffled, ruffled up. That's, I, 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 I know, I know, it's all different, isn't it? It's, yep. I, think, I think the Colts hang. I don't know if it is going to happen, but I know I've been talking about it. I think it's definitely a win-win. As you say, it gets a other, it gets a, it gets a lower league fans seeing maybe what's going to come up maybe in Scottish football. Seeing let's be honest, see that as you spoke about Clyde, right? A Clyde fan uh, said up on Celtic, Celtic reserves, and it's Mikey Johnson, maybe Oakle Flex, Connor Hazard, Ingles. Fuck, they guys were playing against Hibs last week, no. We're playing against tips, they go, Oh, da, I want to go and watch that. So it is a win win. Um, and I think you're right when it comes to the development side. That I think it would be a, a win win for the development side getting better because they'll be playing week in, week out. Um, and I think that's what is missing. I think the system is missing because when you're playing against youth guys all the time, unless one is Celtic and Rangers youth systems, they're one of the best when it comes to quality of players in the division. So some games it could be five or six nothing. So what are you can do that? No much. Exactly. It's just again maybe a guy who's been through other leagues and gone like that. I'm not letting these wee cunts turn up here because mm-hmm. they're playing with Rangers or Rangers use and going getting them up. They might be tight again with fancy footwork and all that. These guys that are gonna be season pros are gonna go at fucking show these wee silly boys that they're here and they're gonna get a game and I'm gonna make sure that we gaff apart. We're the winners. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're the wee boys. We're season pros that's played for all days for the love and money. So sometimes that a wee rough and tumble, speaking on a part, will develop them every sort of way. Because as you say, they'll be season pros in the park telling them, talking guys through the games and just and watching their movement and the things that they can do. Whereas it's young boys that are developed and they're all very similar in that sense. 
I just think something needs to change um, at youth levels slash reserves slash um, to me as well just you know like football players like yeah, say your Chris Sutton's and that coming through um, with Blackburn and your Dennis Wise's and that they used to have to go and clean the senior players' boots. Can you imagine telling a young guy like that, Ethan Bellacy or local flex, like, go and you clean Scott Brown's boots and make sure they're done right? They would turn them uh, you to They would be dating now. And I think the disappointing side of football is what happened years ago is go and sweep the stands. Things like that, I think, has fell out of football and which is making football players a lot of them are just wee fucking idiots as far as I'm concerned now. Like, too many of them are making too much money too soon and you'll never even hear of them. I think mm-hmm. a disappointed side that's got to be back, wrote back into football, I claim players' boots. I'm not saying it work at clubs, but I would like to try and see it wrote back in at football clubs. The cleaning boots and sweetness stand and just things like that. Just to let these wee guys know, if your football career doesn't make it, it's a big bad world out there. Put them on right. a building site where they're there for a week if they're 16 and they've got a brat attitude. And I guarantee you, he goes on to a building site for a week, he'll soon buck up these ideas and knuckle down and do what's needed done to become a professional footballer. I see regarding the development, I quite agree with you what you're saying about the reserve league. Um, I used to go to reserve games at Celtic Park years ago. If the, like, the first team game was off or whatever, you'd rock up at Parkhead and gun and watch you'd normally get two or three boys for the first team that weren't back then you might only two subs you'd 13 players so you'd have two or three players that would be playing anyway and some really good prospects coming through it was excellent used to get big crowds at all fun games it was excellent regarding development quite agree younger players will learn more after a season pro and see if they're playing with them for a month, they'll learn more within that month than what they would within a year in the academy. Definitely. Quite agree with that. I've always, I think it sticks with me as well, obviously, yourself, John, you watch Open Goal and that as well. Simon Ferry says, which I also quite like, has some of his interviews and what they talk about, it's kind of, kind of, as you say, well, they're more cooled now. They're more coddled now than they were. See the stuff they're talking about. That's why I love going to all these speakers do is because they tell you all the stories and what they've done. And now, nowadays, all that when it happened. But back then, it was you plays. Uh, the one he says was he says Paul Lambert played a reserve game from night. He says he didn't warm up or nothing. Just watched. He had a cup of tea, and I think he says I think Simon Ferry was on the bench or something when he was playing. But he says. You'll, you'll learn more after me today and you, you know, learn from anybody else training for the next year. It was something similar to that. And he says he was right. He says he, he talked to guys through the game. He says it was effortless. And that's, I think that's what's missing. And I agree with you, uh, your, your seven John are saying. Um, so it's the same with me that when I grew up, when I played like amateur and I was only 17, 18, even guys at that level were talking me through the game. And I was getting kicked out and... I've always said when I left 21s went and played amateur it was the best thing I've ever done because it made me a better player I was getting I was learning how to hold the ball up I was learning how to get free kicks and learning how to talk through the game and I think that is what's missing, missing there's no doubt these young guys are 
Uh, to make it Celtic at any level, 16s, 17s, uh, or 16s to 18s to 23s, whatever, you've got to be good. Especially these days, I think you've got to be really, really good. So there's no doubt these guys are really good for that level. But to, to get to the first team, I think now it's a total different level. I think it's a massive step. And I think that would be something I think that maybe should look at. Hopefully, if it happens, I think it would benefit Celtic. As you said, you said they signing Ball and Golly for £3 million. They might have a left back who's going to be up to that standard and he's, he's free. It's aye, it's like there's just different ways of looking at it. Sorry, go on, you go. Signed Bowling Golly, you've signed Taylor, you've signed Laxal, you've signed three left backs in just over a year. How can you possibly do that? Wasting money. And it's the fans' money it's wasted. Go to the members, it's the fans' money. Perceiving you're saying that, right? They'll still come out and listen to um people are saying I'm a fan of Axel and then I'm kinda like now I'm unsure about the guy. He's brilliant, he's up for a tackles and that, but the last few games he's kinda it's his side from the goals and we I'd be kinda moaning about if I, if that was Tavernier, I would say that, that guy shite because he's done that all season. So I've got you've got to pros and cons of him and Taylor now, you've got to say right. But uh, you're right, you can't sign. For me, that just tells you everything about the transfer policy. It's rotten to the core. How can you sign three, uh, how can you sign three left backs and not one of them's going to play every week? Again, it's loan signs again. You're signing a loan guy. Say Laxall is decent, right? And he, he does become brilliant, right? For a season, we're going to admire that guy. We're going to love the guy. Then he's away again. Then you've got to replace again, replace again. You've signed Duffy. He's away. You've got to replace him again. Simonovic went away. You know what I mean? Then they play Simonovic. Johnny Hayes left. It's it's stinks, man. That's what I was saying, Ryan, about the long-term um, thing at Celtic. We've got too many loan players in over the last few years. To me, all you're doing is developing somebody else's loan player mm-hmm. unless there's a clause in it that you can sign them I But eight times out of ten, we don't. They don't become anything special for us to go and sign them. They're out of wage bracket. Um, that's where it not one needs to change. And you've got to identify players the new, I think, for the summer, but we don't even know who's going to be the manager for the summer. We don't know if Lennon's going to keep the job to the summer or if he's going to play him. he's going to be the manager next year. We don't I don't even know if they've got a plan B. They had a plan A in, in my opinion. They just they were just going to stick the line no matter what to the end of the season, but I reckon in the next few weeks we're going to grab more points. It's sad to say it. I don't see us going and beat Livingston on Saturday in a depleted squad. And when the plastic pitch was the most informed team in the league, apart from Rangers, I think it's going to be watching it through the cracks in your fingers. And I'm actually worried about the next few weeks because I think the banners at Celtic Park that were up on the fences will increase by tenfold if the results start getting worse and worse. And I can't see it getting any better, to be quite honest with you. That's what I said. I think the season will just get worse, Robert. Definitely. Are you confident, John? Oh. I'm in Vail on Saturday you... when a plastic pitch and beat me. Nah. No, it's, nah. no, it's at home. It's at home on Saturday. Is it no? Is it? Aye, and then no. the away, the, the the away games. No, away. The away on Sunday. It's oh, home, but the, sec- but the second game's away. And I think, ah, we'll sorry, get, I think obviously we'll have 
we'll have mystery guys back for the second game, but there'll, but there'll all be a week. They'll, or be, so. they'll be short. They'll be short. Uh, you guys will not be ready to play. Can you go and play 10 or 11 of the players on the guy before? Because obviously, a Yeti and Griffiths struggling for fitness, now they're isolating again for 10 days. Then they're go- obviously, there's only so much they'll be able to do. So they're going to get back on fat again. It's just everything that's went wrong is. is everything that could have went wrong, sorry, has went wrong. Um, and I just think that. The full, the full model is going to change. Um, obviously, John, you were going to touch on the Leipzig model, how how maybe we're not saying look at that identically, but something you can maybe look at. Aye. Uh, Robert's mentioned before the Ajax model, and I've said Red Bull Leipzig. You still you know, see the last four years, Leipzig have only spent 50 million net on players. They've sold players for big money and they've recouped money. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, your screen disappeared there. Let's do that again. That's it. Uh, They've bought players for big money, sold players for big money. The last four years, I've only spent 50 million, which is basically 12.5 million a year they're spending. And look where they are. Sending in Bundesliga. Fine with Bayern Munich for the league title over the last three, four, five years. Semi-finals with Champions League. It just shows you with the right structure, development. You can do it. And that's just one team. There's other teams in Austria, Switzerland, Norway, other places that do things like that. And they're getting success. Look at the boy who played with Milan against Celtic. In, was he Norwegian? It was only three or four million, aye, for Bobo Lump, man. Absolute belter. There's talent everywhere. It's just getting out and finding it. Because I, every level of football. I generally don't think I generally don't know what our scouts didn't see. For the last week, but I want to touch on the, the transfers. Um but with Declan Gallagher, right? People be talking about Twitter, but we didn't get bank of it, sure. I'd rather have to, why has Nicky Hammond got to scout Declan Gallagher? He plays in the same league as you. He's only going to scout him. But I but see in general, why you gotta scout a guy that he, he plays in your league? You play against him. He's played for Scotland. A few good games for Scotland. Listen, there's no doubt the guy. Listen, the guy's playing Motherwell, right? Better than me. He's played for Scotland. He's he's probably he's a decent defender, right? But see, for us to improve us, nah, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not going to have it. If he signed, I'll back the guy. I'll support the guy and I hope he does well. But for me, free, free transfer again is a cheap option. There must be better free transfers than a guy sitting down 11th in the bottom of the table. Cassine goes left right centre. How's that going to improve us when we're trying to shore up our defence? I thought our model was to be buy players young and develop them and sell them on for a high fee. He's 30 years of age in the summer. So, what is, is he just a stopgap for a year? I don't, then again, we don't, Celtic don't even know their structure now, Dennis, so what chance have we got in on it? I just, as you say, Ryan, it's like, they're talking about signing the boy Alan something, what's his name? Duthie or something? For, Alfie. Um, the Charlton. Aye, Dowie. Aye, aye, that boy. Dowie. Um, and oh, they were going to bid a million and they bid up to 800 grand and 900 grand. Now they could sign him in a pre-contact. 
and there's no one but a transfer news on it. I've no seen his link to him. We were talking about the, the right winger um, for Crystal Palace, QPR. Um, sorry, we were going to try and sign him in a pre-contact. Not another word said about it. I mean, we don't even know who the manager's going to be, so how can we go and sign players on... We don't know who's going to be the manager. I just... But, it just baffles me. But that's the thing. It's all pre-contracts. If you, if you want... If, if he's going to be five... If it's only end of the season, he's only going to be five hundred grand, six, a million tops. If you think yeah. he might even give you a, a sniff, listen, the least done, right? But if he's going to give you a, maybe a sniff to get closer to Rangers and then give him six months to bed on the team for the qualifiers, then fucking do it. Why wait till yeah. summer then you, then you need to, oh, all right, we'll get him. Oh, because let's be honest, apart from Tumble, the rest of Bob and Panic Buys, the broadcast for me, I want to give you a guy time, but it's very hard to give a guy time he's in for £5 million. And the transfers, the model, everything's going to get better. We can talk about it all night, but it's going to get better. And I think it's only going to get better when... The board gets restructured. They tap the boat manager. Everything's going to get restructured, in my opinion, because as my dad says, John says, I think it, it might. It's only. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think it is going to get worse, Ryan. That's a problem. I think you'll see. As if the results, unfortunately, do get worse, you will see fans reacting. Uh, more, no violently, I don't want to use that word, more vociferous, yes, shall we say, um, can do any part key, nor that, then they shouldn't, then the day shouldn't we can do any part key, there's a pandemic, nor that, there's ways, there's ways of doing things, I think, the fans have got a big voice, and it's going to be heard, the board need to listen to the fans, the fans are not daft, the fans have seen the standards drop dramatically, and, I can only see the season getting worse, Robert. I agree with you, John. I don't see what, well, Scottish Cup, the only thing we can really look forward to now because I don't know, I just, I just don't see us really reducing the deficit by any great margins. I think the only thing is we might lose more, John, won't it? And it might become a wee bit more embarrassing as it's already embarrassing, but it could get even worse. It could become... Aye, fall, um, falling in beside Hibs and Aberdeen. It could become farcical, John. Um, and I think if we changed the manager in October, we might have had a chance to stop all that for happening. Um, I'm not saying it would have happened, but when the fans demanded change, then it should have happened. And they've let it run. And they did say on their statement, if you remember, we'll re- uh, re-look at this in the new year game-by-game basis. So, the new year is we played Rangers at Ibrox, get beat one now. We played Hibs at Celtic Park, and drew one each. We've took one point in the last six. So, that's new two games into the new year. And they said they were going to review it on a game-to-game basis. I've not seen them reviewing it. and They should be apologising for everything this season. Not just going to a trip to Dubai. I just feel the disconnect for the fans and the board is so far apart and then they need to really get that back on track before the end of the season and before it gets too late and it becomes a financial gap 
very closer and closer and closer of Celtic and Rangers gap in money because it's as easy as that how it could swing. And then obviously, John, your last wee, a wee minute left here, lads. So uh, your last kind of wee thought, John? Regarding money, Celtic have got you. Domestically, you don't get very little money for winning the league. In Europe is where the money is. And Celtic's miles off it. Miles off it. So, as you said, big restructure required. Um, big changes on and off the park. But I think it's going to be a tough couple of months, lads, to be honest with you. I hope I'm wrong, though. I agree with you, John. I, th- I think we're all in the same kind of agreement, I think. We hope it gets better, but I think it could get worse. Um, but obviously, we need to try and go to Saturday's game, try and get a positive result, and then we'll go for them. We'll see what happens in the next few days and next few weeks and then the season. But thank you for our time again, lads. Um, that's part two done, and I'll see you again on the Celtic now and for our podcast. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Cheers, Ryan. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 